Welcome back to the Thought Police. Welcome Matt Kelly, back. we've yeah. been away. It feels like ages since I know. we've done this. Yeah. I know, doesn't it? Because yeah. we're both on holiday, which we're going to talk about uh, in the next podcast. But I think today what we have to do, right, is welcome everybody back yeah. for the first time in about three weeks, right? Yeah. Where loads has happened in some ways, but actually loads has not happened. You know, I saw a great meme that somebody put out on Twitter today where it had somebody with a to-do list and it said things to do and underneath it said nothing and then he was scratching it out. (laughs) And that kind of sums it up, right? Well, I've been thinking for ages about doing an entirely blank front page of the New European. You got an honourable mention on the radio today, actually. uh, One of our guests, uh, I think it was Andre Walker, who's, who's a guy that does a lot of stuff for us, used to work for Breitbart. Yeah. He's a keen reader of the uh, New European. Well, he'd seen the front cover yeah. and was talking about how ludicrous it was that yeah. they were calling, you know, Boris Johnson and the Saboteurs, trying to kill the saboteurs, you know. Um, and I, I mentioned you, your name. I said, my good, good friend Matt Kelly runs that, you know. Yeah. So it was a free advert. I good, wanted you to know. Good. For the New Thank European. You, but sure. I mean... Um, you guys must be loving this, mustn't you? Well, yes and no, with the usual caveats that I would sooner see yeah. the United Kingdom not fall to bits. But right. yeah, from a newspaper point of view, it's but you're great. quite happy to help it fall to bits <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> no, I'm trying to sorts of people. I am trying to say right. So but, we came back from school yeah. from holidays, yeah. right? Last week, yeah. fantastic. Loads happened. It was very dynamic. I was absolutely convinced uh, that we were about to make some history, um, and then it all went the wrong way, or yeah. at least it all went the other way. And now. They've prorogued Parliament, and so they've come back from school for a week, um, and now they're off again. Now they've got four weeks off, five yeah. weeks off. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, isn't it's it? A, and, and genuinely, nobody knows what's happening. No, nobody does. I mean, everyone I speak to, I mean, aside from the obvious, you know, suspects in, in on Twitter yeah. who are making out that, you know, Boris Johnson's a dictator, even though he's the worst dictator in the history of dictators, <laughs> because he can't get the general election, he can't get a bill passed, he can't hang on to his own cabinet, yeah. you know, um, he's, yeah. you know, he's really not up there in the ranks of Stalin and, uh, and Putin, <laughs> is he? Let's face it. So, um, but nobody knows, because yeah. I get the feeling, and I have always had the feeling, that Dominic Cummings is as he's been described before by Alistair Campbell as an evil genius, right? He's supposed to be the guy pulling all the strings. Nobody really cared that Amber Rudd resigned. Nobody was that surprised about it. You know, when you see people on television calling it devastating and apocalyptic, you're kind of going, really? Although he seemed really shaken by his brother going. He did seem like that, but I wonder if there's more to that, you know, because there's family stuff that maybe we don't know about. I mean, they're quite an odd family. Well, they're very tight. They are very tight as a family. They are. I mean, I used to work a bit with Rachel Johnson, right? Yeah. Back in the early days of doing this this show that I do on tour radio. And she would never talk about Boris. Yeah. She didn't want to talk about him. She didn't really... I mean, aside from the sort of the odd little anecdote about their childhood... She never wanted to talk about her yeah. uh, brother's views or yeah. anything they might talk about. Yeah. But he is the only lever in the family. Yeah. Well, Dad is uh, is massively remain. Well, he Rachel was a massive is, part. He worked for the EU, didn't that's he? That's right. I mean, Rachel had a was writing a column for us, a diary in right. the New European. And I said to her, when the election campaign was kicking off with Boris, I said, look, we are going to be fairly brutal towards Boris. Yeah. And, do you want to take um, take a step back from right. the European for a while? Because obviously it's going to be a bit embarrassing tricky, yeah. for you. And, and, and she, she, we agreed to that. And to be honest with you, I haven't gone back to her yet to say, do you want to come back in? Mm. Because our brutality has only accelerated since... Well, maybe you should get Joe on board and see what he says. <laughs> well, I mean, you never yeah. know, because it might be that they've fallen out quite bad. Well, I don't, th- I don't know. I just think Joe... Uh, prob- I've never met the guy, but he seems like a decent enough fella. And I suspect he just got... 
a bit bored of having to look at his brother across the table and thinking, you absolute arse, what well, are you doing? he might be thinking that, or he might be thinking, you know, I don't actually belong in here and he should never have been there in the first place because he's a bit of a remainer, isn't he? I mean, he should well, never have been... He's a very really... capable politician, isn't he? Is he? I don't I'm know. Told. I don't know much about him, to be honest. I mean, I've never met the guy. I've yeah. never seen any great prognostication from him about anything. Prognostication? Never... Good word, though, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah. the second time I used it the other day and somebody went, blimey, what's that? <laughs> So I thought I'd use it a lot. What now, is that? It, a prognostication. Yeah. It's a kind of a statement of, of intent. Right. You know, I'm going to prognosticate. Yes, there's your prognosis of Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's okay, that kind yeah. of thing. That's very good. Um, and so I don't know where it comes from, though, because occasionally I come out with these words yeah. and I've probably forgotten that I even knew them. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and sometimes it just happens. I yeah. once on a radio show with Simon Mayer, because often you read a word, but yeah. you don't know how it's pronounced. Right. But and I've read this In word, radio, that happens all the time. Triumvirate, right? Yeah. And, but I didn't know how it was pronounced. And a triumvirate, obviously, it's like three people leading, you know, heading something yeah. up. And I, and I said, this triumvirate, right? It's <laughs> easily done, that. And Simon Mayo stopped and said, what did you just call it? A triumvirate. Yeah. Right. And he said, that's not how you pronounce it. And I said, how the hell do you know how the Romans pronounced it? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the great thing, right? There's a marvellous film called Thank You For Smoking, yeah. uh, which I don't know whether you've seen, seen it. it. Yeah, uh, but it's all about this guy who's the he's the, the PR for the, the, the tobacco lobby in America, and he's having trouble with his wife, and he's getting a divorce, and he's got his son um, who's, you know, he's taking around the place. And he says to him, you know what? You can win any argument if you know how to argue. It doesn't matter, you know, what the actual, uh, you know, facts are. It doesn't actually matter what the the substance of the argument is. And that's so true. Well, funny you should mention that, because Mm. in the London Review of Books, to which I subscribe, Uh which is an excellent periodical, by the way, there's a review of uh, Michael Gove biography written by a guy called Owen Bennett. And in the review... Oh, I know. Is that Owen Bennett, the one who writes the Telegraph? Yeah, he used to work at The Guardian, I think. Yes, okay. He's the Whitehall editor, I think. That's right. So he's written this really, apparently, a very good book about Michael Gove. And in it, there's this theory that, because Gove was brilliant at debating at the Oxford Union, that that basically that's what he's like. He will just pick the opposite side and argue. And the point to him is just to win the argument. Well, don't forget, in in some of the schools that these people went to, that's what they're taught. They are taught how to do that. I mean, people are always... I'm always amazed that people are aghast at the, one of the things they use against Boris Johnson is that you know he wrote two pieces. Yeah. You know he wrote one about staying in the European Union yeah. and one about leaving. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. But you read that differently to me, because we've mentioned this before. Yeah. You said, well, a lot of people do that in testing an mm. argument. And all yeah, that. yeah. I, I mean, I just genuinely thought that the guy was on the fence, mm. didn't know which way to go, and and my complaint about that is that he now presents himself as the arch Brexiteer. And I don't think he ever was. I think he's just sort of fallen into that role. I think that, that in time, when we look back on this whole period, the Brexiteers will actually be seen as the people who were progressive. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course who were. Well, no, not of course. <laughs> and people like no. me. Well, because, you know, quite often people uh, uh, sort of align historical arguments to this, right? Yeah. And they go, yeah. oh, I know, the Brexiteers are like the flat earthers, you know. Yeah. They're like the people that don't believe in anything. Yeah. Actually, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Because the people who are the Remainers are the ones who want... To stay where they the are. Status quo, they don't yeah. want to go anywhere. Yeah. They don't believe that you can go over yeah. the horizon and actually find a bigger, more yeah. beautiful place You're to, absolutely to, right. to live in. You're absolutely they right. They want to stay where they are. You're absolutely right. The, I mean, so that so what historians will look at, mm. and we can't at this moment, is how it does pan out. Yeah. And I think there are, you know, certainly if Brexiteers out there are thinking, you know, Britain is this amazing place, and we are better than being trapped in the European yeah. Union and we can make our own way, etc. You know, I buy into that. I don't necessarily believe I have that same sense of confidence. And I do agree with you that the, you know, 
if Remainers are being painted as this sort of kind of liberal, progressive crowd, well, there's an element of that that's not true because mm. you're right. We do want to. We are fearful, and also we're awful, fearful yeah. of this massive and an change. Awful, and an awful lot of the reaction by Remainers to what's yeah. happened in the last week or so yeah. has, I think, given away their problem. Which is that they are not very nice people. Many oh, of them. Well, they're quite. They're. I quite, think you could say that about both sides. Well, you could, but the people I would say who are nastier on the um, leave side are the kind of people that you see fighting the police, right? Yeah. The kind of people who are basically football hooligans. Yeah. And who probably are quite rightly called racist. And yeah. The Tommy Robinson. That crowd. Yeah. 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 But the actual normal run-of-the-mill leaver is not like the run-of-the-mill Remainers, many of whom are very he- well-educated, have got very good jobs as barristers, mm. they're lawyers, they're solicitors, they're mm-hmm. doctors. You know, these are professional people, they're lecturers, mm-hmm. uh, they might be, um, you know, sort of fairly well-educated television stars or whatever, and they'd be pretty horrible about their opposite side. Yeah. And I think that betrays more about them. Because the yeah. ordinary leavers are not like that at all. No, well, well I agree. And we've you know, they should know better, in other words. Yes, and I think that this idea of, of, of slagging off voters is is unacceptable. You know, you, well, we've had the Labour guy and stupid, you know. just this week, who yeah. was on television, I can't remember his name, somewhere up in Yorkshire, saying that basically he thought that most of the people who voted Labour were stupid. Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. And yeah. it's counterproductive. And well, it makes it, is. it makes the argument much harder yeah. for people like me. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think there were people who were utterly ill-informed or uninformed on both sides, you know, and there was a lot of kind of emotion in it, but I'm not one of these who thinks that everybody who voted Leave just saw the bus yeah, and thought, right, right, that's it, I'm going exactly. to vote Leave. There's a lot of people who have really deep-seated fears about the way their communities yeah. are going, about the way their local economies sure. are going. But I think we don't, we don't, you don't tend to see very much of the kind of Philip Pullmans of this world, let's hang Boris Johnson, a no. bloke who's supposed to be a well-educated, Phil, grounded... Phil Pullman. Phil Pullman, as I call him. Right, um, he doesn't like that. But um, you know, I call it, and he says, "Oh, of course, I was joking." Well, that's all very well, but it's not yeah. really the sort of joke I would make. No, I wouldn't no. joke about hanging someone from a yardarm. You know, no. I just wouldn't do it. Although Bron- Johnson talks this language day to day, you know, about dying in ditches and stuff like yeah. this. You know, oh, yeah, but I mean, Johnson gets away with it, but he hasn't called for hanging anybody. He didn't call for hanging Jeremy Corbyn. Imagine if he said no. that, yeah. and then later went, "Oh, well, it's just really a gag. It's just a gag. You know, certainly <laughs> joking." Yeah. Yes, I mean, you know, it's still there are still people who blame Joe Cox's murder on Brexit, yes. right? And of course, there's an element of that, but it wasn't about that. It was about a nutter, um, you know, who should yeah. never have been in anywhere allowed anywhere near a politician. But you know, let's not let's not get. But there that. are nutters. There are still nutters out there. Oh yes, and I'm sure. But know, there are lots of nutters who are galvanised by things like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was down in on West in College Green, Westminster, all of last week. There's people now dressed up as a clown. You know, the guy with the loud halo was driving around in a car. Yeah. You know. It's bizarre. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's totally bonkers. And you do, even I, look at that kind of stuff and think, gosh, there should be some more protection for people. You know, because the tempers are getting really frail. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't kicked off more than it has. Yeah. Well, no, no friend of mine, but Owen Jones, mm. who uh, writes for The Guard. Yeah. And, and I remember watching him walking away from... The, uh, the common yeah. and being harassed yeah. by some seriously nasty yes. people. I've seen, I've seen that. that. And there were coppers and that's not there. Right. There were coppers yeah. walking behind him, and I just mm. thought that shouldn't be allowed to no. happen. That it's no. clearly uh, an intimidating and clearly people like that guy um, Goddard, yeah, James Goddard, who come who was done for for harassing Anna Subri. I mean, the idea yeah. that he doesn't understand there's a difference 
yeah. between having a kind of a relatively civilised difference of opinion yeah. and walking next to somebody and shouting in their ear yeah. that he doesn't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. You know, the bloke's an idiot. But there's they've no seen it on TV that. every night. They've seen yeah. that kind of... Well, I mean, for a while, yeah. and this is brought back towards the beginning of the year, a lot of MPs just stopped coming to College Green because they couldn't be bothered with the walk, the gauntlet of sort of hate That's right. that they had to literally walk past every time they wanted to come in and see people. I'll you tell know? you what I thought was weird. That, remember Boris Johnson walking down that town yeah. in uh, Wakefield, wasn't right. it? And there was that big fella there giving him huge levels of grief. Yeah. And he must have been about six four, very well built, yeah. and he was very agitated. Yeah. And there was about four or five feet di- distance between him and... The Prime Minister, yeah, yeah. and there were clearly two or three, uh, you know, uh, non-uniform security yeah, guards yeah, around so. around him. But you do sort of think in Britain, we still have that mm. real contact with people where that would never happen in the states. No. You know, never. No. They, they, I mean, the 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 security would make sure. No, that I mean, the president safe. only goes to places yeah. that have been cleared, yeah. that have got a guard of honour exactly. inside and out. Exactly. You know, he goes in his bulletproof beast, yeah, um, and he walks a very short distance. If, yeah. he, if he talks to anyone, it's inside a building. Yeah. But if that guy was a nutter, and he wasn't, well, but if well, that guy was a nutter, when Nigel Farage was yeah. famously um, milkshaked when he was right. on that tour up around just before the European elections, yeah, and I mean that guy could have had a knife. That's right. You know, I find it could it have quite, been acid. Yeah, you know? I could find it quite well, as uh, you know, Joe Brand joked about. Yeah, rather much to her uh, yeah. uh, distaste. I mean, yeah. the problem is that the world is is kind of geared for reasonable people, and if you have people who are not reasonable, bad things can happen. And I'm not sure that you want to kind of. Um, give up the democracy that we have yeah. to make it more difficult for people to do what they do. I wouldn't want to stop the people from shouting yeah. and trying to interrupt my radio programme, but by the same token, it's bloody annoying. Well, and you also, know? it's become just background noise now. Yeah. There's no effect of it. Also, I mean, at the time, and this was on Thursday, again, as I was walking away, uh, having seen that Boris Johnson had lost the vote, having seen that the House of Lords had then passed it yeah. overnight, yeah. which they weren't supposed to do, that's because right. it was meant to be that's this one big... And this is the other thing that's interesting about Dominic Cummings, mm. because uh, I had the, the previous, you know, the Blair, Tony Blair's uh, Lord Chancellor, Charlie... Uh, what's Faulkner. His name? Charlie Faulkner, yeah. who was great, by the yeah. way. He was he great, terrific, yeah. uh, very smart guy. He called yeah. me a disgrace, you'd be glad to know, um, <laughs> for trying to compare uh, Alistair Campbell with Dominic Cummings. Excellent and trying to compare... Uh, the way that the Labour Party dealt with dissent yeah. in the same way as the Tory Party, you know. Yeah. But we, I walked away from that that day, which Boris Johnson, whichever way you cut it, had clearly lost. And I think that was when the day his brother quit as well. Yeah. Um, and that guy with the big loud hailer, the stop Brexit guy, yeah. was going, stop the coup. That's right. And that's I'm like, right. what fucking coup are you talking about? <laughs> there is no coup. If there had been a coup, it would yeah. have actually come from the other side, yeah. one, and if whatever it was was a coup, it's all happened now yeah. because we've now got a situation where the Prime Minister of this country cannot even control the order paper inside the House of Commons. Yeah. So how is it a coup? It's the least effective coup of yeah. all time. Yeah. Isn't it ridiculous, though? And yeah. I'm afraid people like Owen Jones and his ilk have been responsible for whipping people up. Fortunately, they yeah. don't whip very many people up. Yeah. And all they can really whip them up into is a sort of, you know, avocado sandwich and There's Prosecco a kind of picnic. Endless bandwagon you know, of let's just sit, about. you know, sit around, um, you know, yeah. discussing Brexit on a, on a, yeah. on a tartan rug. You know? and, it, and, and the point is that it has, it has absolutely zero effect. And we've seen that. Even the huge marches, I think, on balance, have very little effect. On, I think it's on now the having the opposite weather, effect you know? because I think, as we've seen from the polls that have done this weekend, you know, Boris's lead over Jeremy Corbyn is even bigger than it was right. the week before. Yeah, and if that's the result of of him being accused of being a dictator, of Jeremy Corbyn refusing to have an election, 
and of the Labour Party and all the other sort of uh, opposition parties getting together to stop No Deal Brexit, mm. then Boris is on the right track here, isn't he? I'll tell you where there has been a coup, I think, mm. which is inside the Tory party. Yeah. And, you know, the stripping out of these moderate MPs to make a more extreme version of the Tory parties, yeah. I think, and then you see the parallel happening in Labour. Yeah. Tom Watson's up for deselection, or they're, they're yeah. talking about that. Someone was talking about Keir Starmer, yeah. but not being pure enough. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, if uh, the momentum guys keep yeah. hold of the reins, you know, they're all going to go. So you've got, the, you've got this kind of polarisation on both sides, yeah. where you're getting a very extreme Tory party, a very extreme Labour party, and something, I think, has got to come up through the middle. You know, there's got to be a place for centre-ground politics. And it's, I think... As these things get more and more extreme, yeah. that group of people are going to find more and more in common. You know, but funnily enough, though, you say extreme, and I, I sort of shrink from using that word. Other people use it as well, and have yeah. used it. Yeah. Um, and in fact, it was the start of my argument with Charlie Faulkner, I think, because I said, surely all they're doing in the Tory party is what you lot did with New Labour. You worked out that basically you couldn't have militant in charge anymore. You couldn't have the Michael Foots of this world running like you'd never get into power. Yeah. So instead of which you hatched this entirely undemocratic plan <laughs> to basically launch Tony Blair, yeah. Peter Mandelson, Alistair yeah. Campbell and Gordon Brown on an unsuspecting public. How can you say they were they voted them in in nineteen ninety seven? Yeah. Oh, that's a funny thing. You like people that vote now. So you don't like the ones that voted to leave the European <laughs> Union, but you love the ones that voted Tony Blair in. Yeah. I was a Blair fan. You know, yeah. you don't have to walk very far to get me to say yeah. that I think he was a great Prime Minister. I always get castigated for that because all he now gets talked about is as if he was a war criminal and that's all. Yeah. Right? And Which I'm is not, bollocks, I think. And I'm not in favour of that at all. And I by the way, I just, just on that point, yeah. I read a brilliant blog by somebody, a woman who was saying... Don't call him a war criminal, it's even if you think that, yeah. because there are real war criminals yes. out there. Well, I would, yeah. I would offer you up in that case, don't call Boris Johnson a dictator, yeah. don't call him an extremist, yeah. don't call him far right, which is what yeah. Jeremy no, Corbyn calls him all the time. It's bollocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, it be, and it belittles the people who actually, and a fascist, I mean, yeah. you get that, yeah. a fascist, I mean, just on my way up here. Uh, I was asking Gina Miller a question because somebody from my uh, Twitter feed had said, oh yeah, well, Gina Miller's lost her case. She hasn't lost her case as far as she's concerned because apparently appealing a case doesn't mean you've lost. Right. But in my view, when you appeal a case, it means the first time you haven't you're, done well. You must you've be actually appealing lost. against something. What are you yeah, appealing yeah, against? You yeah, didn't win it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but they've now rewritten the language in such a yeah. way that it's apparently uh, the case has merit. Right. Right. So she hasn't lost it. But the bottom line for me uh, is that somebody underneath it says, you keep on your fight against the fascist, Gina. And it's like, what it's is no, wrong with people? That's nutty. I mean, because... What is wrong with you? You know, there are fascists out there. Again, you yeah. know, let's... let's resi- words, well, not running the government. Words do have meanings. And the minute you start conflating Boris Johnson with Mussolini, yeah. then you're, you, you're running into trouble. You're it in makes, a bad place. It makes Mussolini look either good or Boris Johnson well, look ridiculous. Well, I mean, he's certainly got better hair than Mussolini. There's no <laughs> question about that. Um, but here's the thing. Dominic Cummings has worked in various places over time, right? Now, I haven't found anyone in Parliament that I've been speaking to who has much to say about him yeah. because I think they're either frightened of him or they don't want to say what they, what they want to say. Now, I don't know why that would be, mm. but he seems to have been quite effective working with Michael Gove in the Education Department yeah. because I know some mothers who have been moaning to me about how you know, it's his responsibility, the school curriculum sort of to cock. That's right, know. yeah. Um, he was very successful in the Leave campaign, and all the people who said he wouldn't make that work were proven wrong. Yeah. So I wonder if all the people who are now saying that he's getting it wrong are also going to be proven wrong. Well, he, there was this quote which sent a shiver down my spine at the weekend, which was apparently coming saying to a source, 
if the people are wound up by what we've been doing lately, wait until yeah. wait until they see what's next. They're right. going to melt. Yeah. Well, know? I mean, amongst the things that people have been writing about, and I mean, you know, this war gaming is now a thing. You know, people talk about the war gaming that you have to do yeah. to work out all your various different things. Because I'm very much of the opinion that there's no way that Boris and Dominic Cummings did not see last week's vote coming. Mm. There's no way they thought no, that they were going to win the Hillary Benn thing, right? Yeah. There's no way that they thought that the 21 Tories would vote with them. Yeah. They might have been a bit surprised by Philip Lee's sort of rather overdramatic defection. Yeah. But, I mean, that just made him look a prat, yeah. as I was yeah. concerned. You know? And every Tory MP I've ever spoken to about him said, well, he hasn't been a Tory for years, yeah. you know, so forget it. Yeah. And, you know, Amber Rudd coming out and saying that, you know, this is a terrible government and aren't even preparing for... Uh, for anything other than a no deal yeah. they're lying to everybody you know they've got rid of all these loyal MPs well I'm sorry if you vote against the government mm. and you give power to the opposition and to the EU yeah. instead of keeping hold of it but isn't that that's what, not loyal but isn't that what Boris Johnson no. and Jacob rees no. did time no. and time again no they didn't they no. voted against Theresa May's deal yeah. which did not give power over that deal to the Labour Party but, Absolutely it, not. but it undercut Theresa May completely yeah, I mean I different. think there's a great stench it's of a very, hypocrisy very diff- no it's a very different that. thing you're entitled to have a view inside your own party mm. about the party's policy. You're not entitled to be part of bringing that party down and that government down. That's well, a very different thing. Well, well, uh, but I, I mean, I think you could make a, a quite straightforward case to say that, you know, Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg's actions were absolutely at the heart of bringing Theresa May's government down. And the big irony for me Well, is I'm very glad, for one, that they did, because her government was hopeless. But the irony now is that people are saying, well, probably, if there is a deal of any sort, it'll be pretty much Theresa May's deal. Maybe. With a few little Maybe. add-ons. You but know. when Theresa May's deal first came in, before all of this happened, you know, my line on that was, well, it's the beginning of something that we should probably go with, because yeah. at the end of the day... You know, this will be a process. It's not going to be a straightforward, oh, now we've left the European Union, everything's okay. Yeah. There will always be negotiations, right? So I think my recommendation initially was, let's just go with this deal. Yeah. And then you can finesse it later. Yeah. But other people didn't like that. You know, many of them in the Tory party. Yeah. And I've spoken to lots of them and, and they won't like it again. It'd be and a very it, interesting. And point. I think he, I don't think he'll be stupid enough to try and represent it yeah. to them because they won't vote for it. It'd be a very interesting question to ask those 21 MPs what they would do if they had 2020 hindsight. Would they have voted for Theresa May's deal mm. and kept Theresa May? Well, lots of them they... did. Yeah. See, lots of them did. I mean, I had a little set to with Ed Vasey yeah. um, last week in the tent. And yeah. I took exception to me calling him arrogant, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, even though he was incredibly arrogant. Was he? Yeah. But he said, he ended up just repeating the same answer to every question. Right. Uh, I voted for the deal three times. Yeah. And I went, yeah, but that's fine. But what are you going to yeah. do now? Yeah. I'm very happy that I voted for the deal three times. Yeah. I said, yeah, but, you know, you've now basically voted to give power away from your own party and your own government yeah. to somebody else. There's going to be an election. Are you going to run as a Tory MP? You're not going to be allowed to. So do you think that there's some... You, your theory is that there's some sort of... The, there is a game plan behind yeah, yeah. all of this. That I think so. Dominic Cummings is yeah. in there. He's got a game plan in his I believe head. so. Because Very I think they, they, they can't be so stupid that they would have expected to win that vote. No. They must have known that if they asked... Jeremy Corbyn for an election, he would say no. Yeah. Right? So they were playing Well, this I don't know if they did. They, no, that. I think they did. Yeah. I, I think mean, I think you, you would... But there was always a chance that... Don't forget, Corbyn's initial reaction was, bring it on. And until somebody with some intelligence spoke to him and said, oh, Jeremy, we're going to get absolutely hammered yeah. if you do that. But then he realised that he'd been saying, bring it on for three years. That's right. And now he doesn't want yeah. one. Yeah. 
I know, I think it's eight weeks of terrible kind of... It's awful. Cowardice is perhaps a bit too strong, but it's the dawning of reality on Labour that actually this thing they've been shouting for, if they actually got it, they'd get back The two things that that those people who listen to my show will know about, there were two interviews last week that I thought were interesting. One was my interview with Lisa Nandy, who basically has worked out through a process of some bizarre, (laughs) uh, you know, kind of uh, alchemy, that there was never a deal. Right. Okay, right. so Theresa May's deal wasn't right. actually it a wasn't deal. A deal. And right. a few Labour people are now using this mantra that actually we've never had a deal to vote on. Right. So we can't be accused of voting down a deal. I actually said to her, I said, so you're telling me um, that Theresa May never went to Brussels, she never came back with a deal, which you then voted down three times. That never happened. Yeah. And she said to me, no, you're just being difficult now. <laughs> and I went, well, I'm just trying to find out what the truth I is, I have to right? be honest, she's never struck me as like being... She also represents Wigan, which is a 70% Leave constituency. So yeah. I said to her, right, this was pre- prior to uh, Emily Thornberry on yeah. Question Time. Yeah. I said, so um, Labour supposedly now the party of Remain. You know, Jeremy Corbyn has, has, has more or less now come around to Keir Starmer's view hmm. that the Labour Party is not only the party of Remain, but will, will continue to... Um, uh, even if they become the government, ask for a second referendum in which they will basically um, campaign for, for remaining in the European Union. Yeah. And I said, well, is that, is that, are you now the party of Remain? And she said, well, well no, mm. I, I'm not. And I said, she you're can't. in the Labour Party. Yeah. 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 So she, she basically ended up saying that the Labour Party is the party for Remain if the constituency was a Happens Remain constituency. Remain, yeah. But if it's a Leave constituency... They're not. Yeah. Absolute crap, right? Total. And, and then Emily Thornberry. And then Emily Thornberry, which was brilliant on yeah. Thursday night. Um, yeah, we will um, get a better deal from Brussels. We'll bring it back. Yeah. And then we'll have a second referendum and campaign against our own deal. Yeah, no, it was bizarre. I mean, you couldn't script this Absolutely stuff. Absolutely bizarre. But they get away with it time and time again. It's incredible, know? isn't it? I'll tell you, I've read a brilliant uh, bit about Cummins. And if you go, if you. Look on the internet. He's got a blog where, I mean, he's clearly got a brain the size of a house, you mm. know, and, he's, and he discusses all these kind of scientific game theories, you know. He's one of these guys that clearly doesn't just ever doesn't switch off. No, never. I mean, ever, he's never going to sit no. around at no. home. No. I was listening to an interview with Stephen Fry, funnily enough, last night uh, on Five Live, which was really good. He's great. Um, he is. Yeah. Um, even though I've had you know differences of opinion with him on Twitter, as yeah. everybody has, I don't think he's even on it anymore. Um, but he was saying he's, he's sort of a bit manic, you know, he's got this, this bipolar thing going, but part of the, the side issue of that is that he has to be busy all the time. Yeah. And he said that he actually said to his husband one day, um, when uh, he realised he didn't have anything in his diary, and he was just sitting at home, and he said he didn't know what to do. He said yeah. he was actually started coming out of cold sweat, because he had nothing that. to do. Yeah. I'm a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't know that, because yeah. you don't do much for it. I mean, you, <laughs> you disguise it well. I mean, you know, so... You know, it's not like I come up here and just no, have no, a lot no, of work I, I don't do anything, but I do, I do worry about it a lot. <laughs> well, that's the main thing. And he said, I literally, he said, I've always been like that ever since he was a kid. Yeah. He says, he can't just watch Netflix yeah. or sit down and watch telly. Well, Cummings is clearly of the same, same right? Uh, but one of these things in the, um, in the blog was about, they made this analogy about, well, the problem was how do you, in a game of chicken, you know, where you got two cars, like... Right. Uh, is this chlorinated you know, chicken? No, not chlorinated chicken. Right. This is old-fashioned chicken chicken. Yeah. chicken. And you've got two cars yeah. sort of heading to each other yeah. and the guy who swerves first is the chicken, right. right? How do you convince the other guy that you are not going to swerve? And the answer is, you can't just tell them you're not going to swerve. Right. You've got to do something yeah. that proves it. So you've got to cut the steering wheel off yeah. and wave it in the air, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> so that the guy coming at you thinks, oh my God, he is definitely not yeah. swerving. I've got to swerve. And and this was the theory about yeah. how, how they'd set forth with Boris. Yeah. You know, again, the red lines, die, die in a ditch, October the yeah. 31st, do or die. And, and not care about anything. No, no, 21 actually, more Tories down. That's it. Don't care. We've cut the steering wheel yeah. off. We are not moving. And actually, logically, they're not any worse off now than if they still had those 21 plus two, plus one, well, two now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if they actually, those 23 people from Amber Rudd all the way down to Dominic Grieve, if they were still sitting as Tory MPs, yeah. it would make no difference. No difference because yeah. they're not going to vote for anything no. that Boris wants in terms of a no-deal Brexit. That's right. So he might as well cast them adrift. And, and we're, it's actually quite we're heading, smart. To, we're heading to a general election anyway, so, yeah. you know. Although the good news is, I suppose, for those people who don't like having elections it's not going to be now I think I think I've read it can't now be before November right you know so it's more than likely to be sort of mid to late November now I yeah think. but that means then that we cannot have no deal unless they are prepared well, to completely unless there's something else that's in the pipeline that we don't know about yeah yeah you know because the Queen everybody seems to think is going to give her a royal assent to the bill she has to. I think yeah. she... Well, she doesn't have to. I mean, I just don't think there's any reason for her not to. You, you, just, well, it would be the first time in be. a long, long time. But, but I presume that um, nothing now happens until the 14th of October. Yeah. Well, Boris now... Boris Johnson... must stop calling him Boris. I hate that. Johnson yeah. is now... Well, you can't his... just call him Johnson because I'm just going to keep asking you which one. <laughs> yeah. So you'll have to call Boris him Boris. Johnson, right. the Prime Minister. Yeah. He's now got five weeks to go out and try and get this deal. You know, he was stood there yeah. with Leo Varadkar yesterday yeah. talking in Dublin about, you know, how I, I don't want a di- no deal, I don't want no deal, I know what the consequences are. Varadkar, I thought, in comparison, was completely cool and statesmanlike and said, look... You know, if you don't want no deal, don't come back with anything yeah. with the backstop. The problem with Varadkar, though, is he's a bit up himself, right? He thinks that he represents the European Union. He does. He well, represents Ireland. Well, he knows that he's got the European cover- of Union course he does. covering his back. He's doing yeah. their bidding for them. Right? Well, well, I'd put it another way. I'd say that the Europe... If, well, put it this way. The European Union is 27 members plus us. Yeah. And... And Ireland's nowhere near a, a big country and all of that. However... No, but they do a lot of business with England yes, and Britain. But the European Union are very keen that Ireland understands that they won't get thrown under the bus in all of this just to do a deal with yeah. us because they know that Ireland and Hungary and all these other yeah. smaller countries will be looking at France and Germany and saying, are you just yeah. all about you and your BMW But I think when he sort of intimated that, uh, you know, his relationship with us will change depending on how we leave the European yeah. Union, yeah. it was a little bit uh, above his pay grade. I Do you think say. so? Absolutely. He's the, he's the, prim, he's the so Taoiseach of, so of, of a sovereign country. So what? Well, should yeah. he be able to... Well, he doesn't speak for the European Union, though, unless they have instructed no, him he's to speaking do so. for himself, though, isn't no, he? No, he's not, because what he should remember is that there's a lot of agreements that are just between... The UK and Ireland, yeah, for example, yeah, yeah. the way that traffic moves back all and in forwards the Good Friday Agreement is yeah. all not just in the Good Friday Agreement, but part of a trading agreement yeah. that Britain and Ireland have outside of the open borders dating back yeah. to the fifties. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that the Irish citizens have been able to come to Britain yeah. and work, absolutely yeah. no problem at all. That's yeah. always been the case. Yeah. If he wants to start, you know, jollying up the old European Union flag and saying, you know, yeah. we'd like whatever they get, well, yeah. then he's going to lose maybe some of the things he's already got. Which would be unfortunate for him because well, he's not yeah. in a position of strength in terms of you know one country versus another. Because no. unfortunately, Ireland is, as you say, a very small country. But I, I mean, I think he is genuinely, deeply concerned about what this is going to do to his nation. And yeah, don't, don't and forget, so he should be. yeah, but don't forget they didn't ask for any of this. 
You know, they didn't bring any of this well, on to themselves. They sort of did, because they actually voted once before, did they not? Yeah. The European, um, you know, yeah. inside the European Union yeah. for the euro, and they didn't want it. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do. And then the EU said, well, actually, we don't think you knew what you were doing, so we're going to give you another go. It wasn't quite, that um, wasn't quite how the EU phrased it. No. Well, funnily enough, <laughs> but that's effectively what they did. And that's, why don't you guys have another go, yeah. think again, and then you can join the European Union. You created yeah. one of the most fantastical... Yeah. Um, currency problems but of Matt, all time because the, all the people who had made what can only be described as dodgy money in Ireland, which yeah. was quite a lot of people <laughs> who had loads and loads of punts, right? They didn't yeah. know what to do with them because yeah. they couldn't take them to the bank yeah. who would say, uh, Where did all you this pay any tax on any of this? Yes, that's right. So there was this good. So what you're saying is it legalised the whole Irish economy it and completely population. Completely changed it good. into something completely different. Yeah. Ireland as a nation has become a very different place to the island that I knew yeah. uh, when I was a kid growing up. Yeah. You know, probably for the better. But yeah. what my point is, is that, you know, the relationship that England and Ireland have had historically um, created an awful lot of goodwill before the EU was ever even thought about. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride in that. And, you know, we, we, you know... Well, I guess the Carl, massacre at Croke Park was a bit of a setback. Rule and, yeah, the, the massacre at Croke Park was yeah. a bit of a setback, as you say. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, the point is, is, is what I'm saying is, is that, yeah. you know, he is now very firmly, I'm part of the European Union, not part of what used to be known as the British Isle. But he's got to be, hasn't he? I well, mean, I he's got he to does. be for self-preservation. I don't know. I mean, Ireland has become very reliant on European money. Yeah. And that's another thing that they've, they've benefited from, which we haven't. Yeah. And much of that money has come from us. Well, some of it has. A lot but of it, it has. But, but, but it's, again, if you take the broader picture, I understand people saying, oh, look, it's the Irish or it's Romania or whoever it is getting yeah. all, all the, 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 the spare cash. Mm. But the more Ireland's economy grows, the more trade we do with them, the better it yeah. is for us, the more they consume. That's true. You know, and the but same that's the trouble with the European Union. You don't necessarily want a group of unelected bureaucrats in a place known as Brussels deciding which countries are going to be given beneficial trade uh, uh, relations mm. or which countries are going to be given be beneficial cash injections yeah. in order to make them uh, do better so that we can all benefit. Yeah. You know, that's a very dangerous world. Well, I think, I I'm, I'm not sure it's that simple. I think all those kind of decisions are taken at, at member state level. So the 28 people sitting around the table would be involved in that and there are prime ministers, there are prime ministers and everything. And, uh, anyway, I mean, look, we yeah, can go Yeah, but the EU doesn't like people who dissent from what it is that they call the project. No, right? it doesn't. They do not like anyone who yeah. wants to decentralise power. Yeah. In fact, they want to centralise it even more. Yeah. They and want a federal... The they want a United States of Europe. And, this is and most people in this country who have voted to don't leave want yeah. don't want that. And a lot of people who voted to remain don't want that. No, I, exactly. I don't want that. Right. You know, but all I've ever said and, and is, that, is that I think we have got a better chance of... of Guiding the European Union as a partner around the table rather than being outside. That may be true, but it's never been the case, has it? Because we've never really guided them because they've always treated Britain as something of a sort of rather recalcitrant child, yeah. you know, who doesn't really do what it's told. Well, and they're right, really weren't they? Well, yeah, but there's, <laughs> there's a reason for that because yeah. I think culturally yeah. we're much more like that. And if you look at places like Spain and France, not so much Germany, because I don't know much more about that. But there's a lot of people in those countries that don't like the European Union as well. For sure. You yeah. know, Italy, yeah. they're not keen. Greece, they're not very keen. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be over, you know, um, sort of run by bureaucracy and, yeah. and, and these kind of punishment beatings that they yeah. hand out in the EU. Like they were going to say to Poland, if you don't let in more refugees, we're going to pull all your money. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's not the way to behave, is it? No, I don't think it is. But, I mean, let, here's a point that maybe we can agree to close on. Yeah. That... 
once this is all over, and if the Europe, if the UK does come out of the European Union, then there is going to be nothing to hold them back to being as hostile as they choose to to us. And I think what we've put them through and put ourselves through over the last three, nearly four years now, there will be a lot of grievance against the UK, and you'll see trade deals going away from us. And don't forget, they, they already are, do though. But they are they our biggest do. trade partner They've, by a million there's, miles. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, some kind of um, deal that's just been done with a Spanish company to build a tank, yeah. right? Um, which was apparently awarded by the European Union, which would normally have been given to us, which has been given to Spain. Yeah. So it's already started. Yeah. And they've already done that. They've already moved Land Rover, already moved to Slovakia, yeah. because they got a better deal from the European Union. An awful lot of the tariffs that are set on what we do are set by the European Union. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no, it's, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. But I think once this is all so-called done and dusted, yeah. then we're only just walking into another whole world of, of uh, difficulties. Well, that's life, isn't it? As I keep saying to people, you that's know, what all the people if, say. if you can't walk out of the door and, uh, and know everything... That doesn't mean you shouldn't walk out the door, does it? I don't know. It depends what you think's on the other side, really. Well, is there a 12-foot crocodile out there? Yeah. Then I wouldn't go out. Is there a massive big hole, a sinkhole? Is Dominic Grieve waiting for you (laughs) to talk to you? Is is Donald Trump's flabby embrace on the other side of the door? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he's inside. Maybe. Donald Trump. But Donald Trump will probably be out of office by the time we come back to rely on him for his... For our great uh, trade deal. Well, don't worry. We've had a great relationship with the United States of America before Donald Trump ever came along. Yeah. You know, they have still been our greatest ally. Yes. You know, I married someone from America, for heaven's sake. Look how that turned out. This is often cited in, yeah, in, it is. in, in the White <laughs> House. I have children who are dual citizens, you know, yeah. all as well. Anyway, we've run over time, I think. We've come back so full of ideas. Uh, I'll catch up with you on Thursday. This is the Thought Police. Bye-bye. Loads happened, it was very dynamic. I was absolutely convinced uh, that we were about to make some history. Um, and then it all went the wrong way, or yeah. at least it all went the other way. And now they've prorogued Parliament, and so they've come back from school for a week, um, and now they're off again. Now they've got four weeks off, five yeah. weeks off. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, isn't it's, it? And, and genuinely, nobody knows what's happening. No, nobody does. I mean, everyone I speak to, I mean, aside from the obvious you know, suspects in, in, on Twitter yeah. who are making out that you know, Boris Johnson's a dictator, even though he's the worst dictator in the history of dictators <laughs> because he can't get the general election, can't. he can't get a bill passed, <laughs> he can't hang on to his own cabinet. Yeah. You, know, um, he's, yeah. you know, he's really not up there in the ranks of Stalin and, uh, and Putin, <laughs> is he? Let's face it. Often you read a word, but yeah. you don't know how it's pronounced. Right. And I've read this in word. radio, that happens all the time. Triumvirate, right? Yeah. And, but I didn't know how it was pronounced. And a triumvirate, obviously, it's like three people leading, you know, heading something. Yeah. And I, and I said, this triumvirate, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> easily done, that. And Simon Mayo stopped and said, what did you just call it? A triumvirate. Yeah. Right. And he said, that's not how you pronounce it. And I said, how the hell do you know how the Romans pronounced it? Donald Trump will probably be out of office by the time we come back to rely on him for, his, for our great uh, trade deal. Well, don't worry. We've had a great relationship with the United States of America before Donald Trump ever came along. Yeah. You know, they have still been our greatest ally. Yes. You know, I married someone from America, so look how that turned out. This is often cited in, yeah, in, it is. in, in the White House. <laughs> I have children who are dual citizens, you know, yeah. all as well. 
How can you say they were? They voted them in in 1997. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a funny thing. You like people that vote now. So you don't like the ones that voted to leave the European <laughs> Union, but you love the ones that voted Tony Blair in. 